I, Ashley, take thee, Justin, to be my lawful wedded husband, to have and to hold from this day forward, even if you have politely threatened me with divorce, if I didn't stop spending money. <laughs> All right. I, Justin, take thee, Ashley Ross, to be my lawful wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, even if our Christmas tree costs more than the presents under it. What? That did not happen. In my head, it did. <laughs> Justin, when did the Christmas tree cost more than the stuff that was under it? When we were, uh, all of them, when we started getting these live trees that turned into houseplants. No, 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 no. So, we never... We never not had a live tree. Are you just trying to say that they're expensive trees? They were. They didn't come out the box. It wasn't an investment like I had. <laughs> no, it up. is an investment because we keep the tree up to like March. But see, I had the same Christmas tree growing up from when I was like five until I was like 15. You just take it out the box with the lights on it, put it right back up. Bro, that joint is a fire hazard. It, it also works. <laughs> same thing. I can't. We not. We not. We not. We not. We not. Guess who? Guess who gonna be sitting right up under that tree taking pictures? Wait, hold on. When did I threaten you with divorce? For <laughs> you did. So I have to say, like, politely threaten me with divorce because you and your southern ways, like, you don't, you don't have to say the word divorce, but you was just like, um, yeah. So I, um, I ain't gonna keep doing this with you. And I took that as like, this nigga gonna divorce me if I don't stop going to Marshalls. Yeah, that, you were probably right though. In that <laughs> See what I'm talking That's about? That's probably what I meant. Right? Anytime you hit me with a, um, yeah, I ain't going to be able to. Yeah, I know. Like, that's that's your way of being like, bitch. Like, <laughs> like listen up, motherfucker. <laughs> that's, that's basically the translation for it. But that rolls us right into what we're talking about today. Whew. Till death do us part. Did I put what? a pee on that? <laughs> Till death. I didn't yeah. have anything to drink this episode. Till debt do us part. So you don't got no excuse. Stop. All right. So today we are discussing um, just a couple quick things on us getting on the same footing financially um, as a couple, not just as a married couple, but just like as partners in life. We spent a lot of time dealing with our financial representatives. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it took us quite some time, like beyond us, um, in our first couple of months getting together and doing the whole move and getting an apartment that we couldn't afford. But like, we kept the ball rolling <laughs> when it came to like representation uh-huh. when like, but, but this, well, no, I think it turned into our true selves because I think for every house that we've had, I've always wanted to make it like warm and inviting and an entertaining space, but also a space where like you come in from work and you feel like this is a safe space and it's well designed and you just be like, whatever. And it's home. As long as it's a bed in there, I'm cool. Yeah. So the basic things don't really, they don't appeal. But I'll say 
So in order for us to speak to um, our finances and how things have evolved over the years, I think it's important for us to touch on like the bulk and in the beginning of our relationship, I struggled to find employment and... I don't know, like that, that really contributed to a lot of our financial, I guess, the way we move financially, but also a couple different other factors in our relationship that we'll talk about, um, and maybe like a career episode or something. Mm -hmm. So I think, so we got together in St. Louis and I worked, um, for just like six months for the city of St. Louis. And it wasn't my actual field, but it was just like, oh, like I just got to take a job or whatever. Um, And then when we moved to Charlotte, I subbed um, for CMS for a long time. And then for those of you who know me and have known me and know Civilized Villain, um, that was one of my, Civilized Villain was one of my first side hustles. Did you enjoy our Civilized Villain season? I enjoy a season. Yeah, I feel like oh, that like was while like a we're season. In it, it was uh it was interesting. Yeah. It was interesting. I, I felt like we were always on our toes. <laughs> yes. Because I so the thing with side hustles and we could dig deeper into this later, but like the thing for me is the side hustle has to be like a passion project. And since I'm an only child, like my mom would let me like try things, quit things and move on and not finish them. <laughs> and so I think that's where like these ideas come up. Why are you laughing? No, because I'm, I'm reminded of a story now. I was like, oh, I remember this time because we um like uh I'm, I'm coming home from work. I'm like, yo, you need to be in here like a sweatshop making these bags. Yes. <laughs> Quit playing. He was fed up with me, y'all. He was just like, I just don't understand. Like, why aren't you making bags all day if you're not working? I, I just was not. This just has to be another story for another time. But, like, I wasn't happy. Like, I didn't want to be the girl who was known as, I don't know, just, like, I didn't want to be just another like creative person and that be it like no I've been raising money for my entire career and I'm just trying to find my footing and I think in that time in that space of time it had only been a matter of months but this season y'all like this season of me not working in my passion how you remember how long it was Man, it was all a blur to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was so long, y'all. It was three years of me doing like ends and odd type jobs, keeping my keeping ourselves afloat. Like me doing my part in a relationship financially through Civilized Villain. Um, and those of you who don't know what Civilized Villain is, um, I was making custom handbags and distressed denim, and um, so it was that I was subbing. And so every little dollar that I brought into the house had to be like a responsible dollar. And I wasn't, Justin is the responsible person in our relationship. He will obviously agree with that. Obviously. Obviously. So I want to like, so I wanted to keep up all of my same spending habits but not really be bringing any real coin into the house. I was stressed out. Man. He was very stressed out. So yeah, that's you threatened me with. You threatened me with divorce. Well, we still worked. here. <laughs> 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 it 
it did work because I was like, dang, over some decor. It don't look nice. You about to get rid of me over some pillows. Oh, <laughs> it ain't gonna look nice with these lights ain't on. Baby, see this. Anyway, so I think we probably. Oh my gosh! Every time something pops up into my head, I'm like, oh, that we have to save that for another episode. But I think it would be interesting if we sat down and unpacked like our relationship with money. I told my mom that we were making this episode, and I was like. Cause my mom is going on a cruise in December mm-hmm. and she's like, I got to buy, I got this, our first cruise. I got to buy this and I got to buy that. I was like, the people on the cruise ain't seen these outfits. You've been rocking all summer. Stop buying stuff. <laughs> and I was like, damn, when we was younger, well, when I was younger, every time I had somewhere to go, my mom was like, Oh, let me get her a new shirt. Or, oh, let me get her a new this. Like, it could be the zoo. Going with the same people in my class. <laughs> or a sleepover or a ski trip or something. But I always had at least one new thing. And, like, I don't know. I think we should, we should probably unpack at some point, like, our relationship with money and how that is, like, a thing from... You, you think your relationship with money is, is remnants of, like, how your mom interacted i'm blaming my mom mom i'm blaming you <laughs> no I'm, I'm thinking about it like as you're saying it and and just to back up a bit like i think it's really interesting because this question like we got this this topic from multiple people so it feels good knowing that we aren't we aren't the only ones that deal with this mm-hmm. um but just going back to what you said like man did this come from my upbringing and i, I feel like other people can do the same thing like it's the relationship with money come from my upgrade upbringing whether it's good or bad and and yeah. I would have to say yeah in a sense like it it absolutely did it made me and I hate when people say like I I grew up with nothing like we never had anything like nah like we we had stuff we um, had what we needed we had what we needed so my mom like bust her ass for that mm-hmm. um but I knew for me how that relates is I never felt like I wanted to just make ends meet. Mm, I can see that. So for me, I think it's opposite. So I get I, all of my spending habits. I can tell you that I get from my mom because my mom is a hustler. Yeah. And she like, she will make a way out of nothing. And so I always kind of operate on the mindset of like, and it's very irresponsible, but on the mindset of like, I mean, it'll get done. I mean, it'll get paid. Like, <laughs> so what if it's late? Like, what do we what do we need right now? Oh, we feeling sad. Let's go buy something. Like that's I literally get that from my mom. Wow. It is. It's. I mean. I, I, this is fascinating because I feel like this episode is evolving because I'm sitting here like. Okay, that's where you're coming from. Like, <laughs> it is. I was sitting here like, okay, I've been here before. I never want to go back there again. But and that's why I'm saying I'm not opposite. trying to put myself in a bad position. Yeah, because I've I've seen that before. Yeah. Um, so for you, it's like, well, if I'm gonna be in a bad position, yeah. then let's keep riding it out. Yeah, let's look cute. Let's, let's it's, look. It's cute. terrible. Right. It's 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 bad. I'm working on it, guys. I'm working on it because Justin may or may not leave me. <laughs> 
And so, but no, I think it's cool because, not I think it's cool, but it's interesting to hear us unpack this just a little bit because I'm saying it's the opposite, but follow me on this. When we've had conversations and us like trying to make a goal or plan for something, you are the big picture person. Mm -hmm. Like you can get the big picture in your mind and be like, and have tunnel vision. And I hate when I love, I have a love hate relationship with your tunnel vision because you set a goal and you only worry about that one goal and other things fall to the wayside and you just knock it out the park. But then I set a goal and I'd be like, oh, there goes a butterfly. (laughs) Oh, there's a balloon. (laughs) Oh, what about this goal? And I'm so like present. So I think that when we also set a goal for us as a family to do better, right? You're saying like, oh, I've been there before. I don't want to go back there. What did I say to you when we um, when we started um, financial planning this year? Did I look at you and I was like, I'm going to be honest. I'm rocking with the plan. But, but I'm, you're scared of it. But yeah. I'm scared. Yeah, It's so scary to me to just kind of like put money in these different pockets and really try to get it together. Because in my mind, like you go to work, you get a check or you're doing your side stuff. You're doing your entrepreneur stuff. You see this money and the millennial in me is just like instant gratification. Like what needs to be taken care of? Okay, we pay the bills. Boom. But then what's also on my want list? And that's where I fall short. Whereas you're like, make sure you're contributing this percentage to 401k. Make sure we do, you know, let's put this to the side. And I'm just like, man, I feel like we we paying for stuff that we can't see right now. And that, for whatever reason, like just... I don't know. It's just so scary to me. And if, but I, I'll be honest. Like if, if I was not attached to you, I probably would be homeless. <laughs> no, I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't be homeless, but I would, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be where I am in my financial mindset. And my mindset is way bigger than whatever we have saved or put to the side because it just is. Okay. So, so this is really interesting uh, because, so if we're talking about like just you know finances and what we're looking to do and why mm-hmm. why we're here and our mindset behind it, I feel like, so so a couple things uh, before we get to that point. Um, so I remember like my mom and then like you're talking about like how you talked about like you were in this job and you really didn't like it but you mm-hmm. had to do it and I, I remember like my mom and or like people in general I feel like this is a common thing where people's like yeah I'm, I'm working this job because I have to I gotta pay bills but it's, it's not necessarily what I want to do mm-hmm. and and always at the front of my mind has always been this one thought like I never want to be in that position to where I met a job and it's like man if I didn't need this job I would quit yeah, <laughs> and, and I never want to be in that position to us. And I, I want to be like, okay, like y'all not making me happy today. I, I'm out, like, and I want to have that financial freedom uh, to do that. I feel like you gave me that. Yeah, so, so I think that's uh that's that's pretty interesting because I saw, so so another story for us was this past year. What was it? Two thousand eighteen. 
I can't. This we be doing life so hard, so fast that the time just mush, mushes together. But 2017, 18? 2017, 18. You mean like when I started? What? Or in leaving and passing? Yeah, in leaving and passing. Yeah, 2018. So, sir, you're at this job, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, you're at this job, like really cool concept, really good people that you work with. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> man, I like them. No, not not oh, those people. Oh, like the, the oh, day to day oh, people. Yeah, okay, yeah, the day to the day, the day people. <laughs> I'm not, about to say you. Not the people that. <laughs> not the people that you work for. The people that you work with. Yes. Um, it's a really cool job. But then I noticed that you weren't happy with the people that you worked for. I think that's an understatement. I'm, I'm trying to be polite here because you asked me to quit twice. Yeah, yeah, like just quit. So which was. In itself, like a huge step for me, because I'm like, hey, if you quit, these bills still gonna come. Right. And we had already implemented our plan, like this is what we want to do, and this is where we want to be. Mm-hmm. Knowing like this will set us back, you know, sometime if you were to quit. Yeah. So out of the blue, it's like you know what, like I, I, I heard like one of the calls, like one of the conference calls that y'all were on. Um, like you were at home. I remember like you working through the pregnancy. Um, literally at work the day you went into labor. Um, the maternity leave, even when you had Naomi, like them calling you every day, having you to do stuff. So it really wasn't a maternity leave. You were just working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even when you went back to work, it's just like you're still not happy. And like for me, like not nah, as 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 your husband, that didn't feel right to me to say like, okay, like here are our financial goals, and we need to be here. So you got to stick this out no matter what, where you are mentally or emotionally. Yeah. Um, Every time you bring this up, I don't know why I get so emotional. Like, this is a real moment for me. And I've never, I've never read the, um, like, the Love Languages book. But what I'm, I'm whatever language it is where, like, if I feel protected. And I think in this moment in our relationship, um, just as partners in life, like, there have been several moments where you've made me feel just incredibly cared for, um, like just beyond what I would have ever expected from somebody. But I think that this moment really took the cake because you're already emotional when like you're having your first kid, right? Yeah. But then I'm thinking about, and Justin is completely correct like I walked into this job and we both were excited about it right mm-hmm. like I was excited about it because I told y'all it had been a three-year stint of me doing shit I did not want to do and it was in my field it was at the level in my field that I should have been at even if I didn't have a three-year gap so that was a blessing to me because it was a blessing um And I got to just really use all of me in every capacity of this job to where, like, we we made the point of being like, hey, when we're in our careers with our kids, we're going to go hard on our careers. So we'll give each other permission to kind of stay late. But this kind of this situation kind of took advantage of that. So Justin asked me to quit on multiple occasions. And the last time you asked me to quit was we were in um where were we on the flamingo island where was where was we at uh, Aruba yeah we were in Aruba with Naomi and mm-hmm. I was just like 
damn, this is his second time asking me. Like, he must be serious. And I joke a lot. So I'm just like, man, I don't even know how to react to this. But I worked, like you said, my whole entire pregnancy all the way up until my first day of labor. I worked the whole first day of labor in the office. Um, And I think two weeks into my maternity leave, like I had to go in and do like shore up this contract with the county. And so it was just a lot of emotions. And so I think the, ne- the the very next time where you were just like looking at me and I was like crying in this conference call, like so angry, I was just like, oh God. So you, what, sat me down and said, what, like, uh, this is the plan. Yeah, here's the plan. We got enough essentially saved for six months. You got six months to quit and find something that you really want to do in a place that you'll be happy at. Mm -hmm. So fast forward that, um, legit had the money for six months, like bills, stuff getting paid, like we're good, but like having to sacrifice like once, like all the extra stuff that we would do, having to sacrifice that just to make sure that we could make it these six months. I had got it together by then though, right? I was straight. Food. Yeah, we we were yeah. good. We were good during that time period. But the the problem, I was nervous as hell. I'm not gonna. No, lie. you were like that was a big ass risk. It Be- was. So I mean, really, just to clear this up, like imagine we get together, right? We get together in twenty what? What is it? We meet in twenty ten. Get back together in twenty thirteen. So two thousand thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. <laughs> I'm doing jobs that I do not want to do. And for the longest time, I attached my whole entire identity to the job that I held. So I was not a whole person. I never felt like a whole person. I wasn't 100% happy. So fast forward to 2017, and I do land the job that I want to be in. And it's just not a nurturing environment. It's not a healthy It's not a healthy environment um, for me at all as, as a woman, as a first-time mom. As a human, I don't think anybody would foster in that environment. And so, um, I mean, take it to like, I didn't, a part of me didn't want to quit because I also didn't want to again become a quote unquote like liability for our, our relationship. I didn't want us to have to struggle. I didn't want us to have to um, figure it out. I didn't want to go back to tearing up jeans and stuff, a civilized villain. And so I was so nervous, but Justin had, like, he knew you had to know, like, but he knew he had, he couldn't just come to me and say, like, quit, like, we'll figure it out. So he sat me down and was like, okay, this is what I have mapped out. Like, we didn't hit our mark into our actual, like, emergency fund to say, hey, you can quit your job and you could be out for six months and we don't have to bat an eyelash. But here are funds here, 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 and here that we can pull from. And if it wasn't for him as a provider to be stashing or or to elevate us to a space to be like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do, we're going to put money here so that you know we it was it took us some time to liquidate these funds, but we without him I would not have been able to do that and I would have been like you said like stuck in a job going like damn I can't, I wish I could quit yeah and that 
I don't know. I can't speak for anybody else's marriage, but to me, that's important. Like, yeah, like if you're in a marriage, you want your bills to be paid. You want stuff to be taken care of. But for me to know that I don't have my whole wife because Mm -hmm. what she's doing 8, 10, 12 hours a day is taken away from her is not more important. Or, you know, I feel like that takes away from who... I want our marriage to be who we want to be in our marriage collectively. Mm-hmm. So now the money coming in person. doesn't make sense. And we have a new person and we renew <laughs> us. We like granted, like we we have a kid and then in the past year we had gotten married too. So it's not like we're now, we're starting on this whole journey yeah. together. So I, I couldn't imagine like starting a marriage and being like, I don't care about your happiness, we need to pay these bills. No, that's real. Because I think we overlook each other's mental health sometimes. Like I feel like in that space, like you went above and beyond board. And maybe that's not, maybe that's okay. Maybe I sh- shouldn't say above and beyond because is that what a husband is supposed to do, right? I, I would think so. I right. Mean, I, but I, I still feel like a push to be, to say how grateful I am to you in that space even though like obviously this is not not our first time having a conversation about it but just I don't know redoing it makes me just I don't know I appreciate you I really do because I I I don't know I've never felt more protected than I did in that moment nah and and I think and that's a blessing in itself just to be able to to have that time or be able to maneuver that way to be like here's six months yeah. like for anybody like I would encourage you like if you're able to if your partner isn't happy try find to support like find a way like come up with a plan and, and just say like here's what we can do whether I mean it may not be six months might be six weeks like oh, here take a month off you know get your, your mental health together like find something that you really want to do where I can support you because if if you have to stay in this job that you don't love, like you're gonna come home and it's gonna reflect on us anyway. Yeah. So I don't know. So long story short, we legit got right up into that six month <laughs> deadline. Really? We, no, yeah. it was five. It was five we, months. When I, yeah. the, when I got the job that I have now, we were like, damn, yeah, we did it in X time. Cause what's that? January. But I started in April. Yeah. So yeah, I know I had two months left on the clock. No, yeah, one month. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, so so it worked out. I you mean, and counting. that's the power of man. I was counting on hands. I had so me. I had you at six months exactly. <laughs> six months in a day, we was gonna be on the street. Stop. No man. But nah. So it all worked out, and and, and that was um that was that was an interesting time. It was. Interesting times. It so. was, and it it made it makes it cool because, in what Naomi's first four months of life, you stayed home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it worked out for us. So you stayed home, and you were on paid leave for four months. Yep. And then the next six months were me, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It worked out. God worked out. So y'all thought we was rolling in the dough with these nannies and stuff, but the nanny didn't come until <laughs> maybe what. And when you went to work. Yeah, so we just had her for like... um, The summertime. The summer. Yeah, the summertime. Then I came out and did my six-month bid with the kid. It really was a bid. Just stand out the window. (laughs) It was. I want to play with my friends. (laughs) But no, I worked out like how... I mean, looking back on it, like everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. So to be able to uh, take 
the first year of your kid's life and like her be able to see and interact with both parents. Yeah. And even for me, like having the first four months with Grant, like Naomi was the first kid I ever held. Yeah, just like, in trifling. <laughs> I used to be like, you don't want her hold this person, baby? Nope. No, I don't. I don't know that baby like that. Like, what? Nah, that's but no, for real. So it, it meant a lot to me because I feel like a lot of dads and and here's a here's a financial hit. Um, if you want a happy household, whether you're you're working or not, like trust me, your wife doesn't care about how many hours you work if you're not helping out with the kid. Um, so I feel like a lot of a lot of dads are scared to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it meant the world to me to be able to have that, that first you know sixteen weeks to be able to figure out how to be a dad and figure it out on my own as opposed to never having that interaction and building that bond. Love you, man. Wait, say the, say the thing you told me about the book that you read where the guy. Oh, so yeah, dang, I, I forgot the name of the book, but uh, if I think about it, I'll, I'll mention it at some point, but uh, there was this book I was reading and they're asking this, the CEO It's like, yeah, you know, why do you work? you know, all these hours, like you, you work all these hours, you know, why do you keep doing it? And it's like, well, you know, I, I did it at first to support my family, to make sure they were taken care of and they didn't need anything. It's like, well, you, you made it now. You're a CEO. Like, why do you still do it? Like, well, I'm on my third marriage now. <laughs> it's like, okay, like that's, that changes everything for me. Like, yeah, you can work all these hours if you want to, but you're not there for your family. You're going to end up on your third marriage in, in a sense. Like money isn't everything. Or, or just miss time with your kid. Like I can yeah. imagine like on his third marriage, he's gotten to a point where his kid is probably a teenager and don't even want to do, do, do nothing with him or nothing like that. So, yeah. and then you're in emotional debt. So like when we're talking about till Ooh, death do his part. What Hey, emotional. Hey, what is it? Hey, I feel like I'm in a pulpit right now. <laughs> I didn't think it was that deep, but <laughs> emotional debt. You don't gas me up. Hey. Ooh, <laughs> what's that? Okay, so I wanna I wanna segue into this. Wait, babe, tell me what emotional debt emotional, is. Oh, okay, my bad. So emotional debt just being like you know, yeah, you got the money, but now you're trying to climb back into your kid's life when they're in their twenties and thirties because you weren't there for them as they were growing up. Um, okay. I can see that. Or you or even like your you know, the debt from you having to pay alimony from multiple marriages or whatever the case is, or yeah. the debt from you having to get the time back and the emotion back with the spouse who you neglected over the years. So like you digging into like a, a mental deficiency yeah 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 mm-hmm. or you know from a emotional or emotional loving deficiency loving intimacy not just you know physical intimacy but like building that like as as you're growing building that intimacy with your spouse or your significant other i can see that well speaking of that we're gonna go ahead and pay some bills So we spoke in the beginning of the episodes, like just a little about what we feel like we got from our moms and, but what would you say about our generational curses or being one generation away? Um, so really interesting. So I was having this interesting conversation with uh, my five brothers uh, when we were in Toronto. Spending money. Uh, 
it, it was budgeted. Thank you. Um, but no, so really interesting conversation. And I brought up the point. Um, do we feel like we're one generation away? And, and what I mean by that is um, I thought it was just me, maybe. But then just hearing them talking about different obligations that they have or different things that they're doing for the families. I feel like we're the generation that is expected to give back financially to our, our families. Unless we're Nigerian, then, you know, the expectation always been there. But we Americans. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I, I think it's really interesting, especially, I don't know, maybe maybe that's the common denominator, being from single-parent households. Mm -hmm. uh, or I'll speak for, for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. so being from single-parent households where it's like, man, you, you watch your parents, you know, do what they had to do to make sure that, that you got what you needed. And so now there's this, this obligation or it feels like there is this obligation to give back mm -hmm. um, and just trying to juggle that, you know, uh, giving back. And so, so how I put it is there is a thin line uh, between wanting to give back to who built you and feeling guilty for not being there yet. Because I feel like we're at the point now to where we pay bills on time like that's a mouse that's a milestone like oh so, shit like see. we got we got money like we can oh we got extra money like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what do we do and then like, we don't have extra money to give away you yeah. know but it's still like that man like i know you need it or i know you need mm -hmm. help or like and just us in general like man how do you balance that and and is that the case like is it that's what we're destined for right now to be that one generation away where, you know, maybe Naomi can be the one who can actually, you know, build towards and, and be on the track to and not have to worry about. Like not have to worry about us. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, what did you just say that just that struck me? So I so we got to take a step back because we had to evolve to this point of of being like oh we got our bills paid on time and we got extra couple of dollars because we went back and forth on like oh like my side of the family needs this or my side of the family mm. needs this and we were not communicating with one another so it'll be like oh well this got to be paid within our own household and they'd be like oh i ain't got it i just did x y and z and it'd be yeah. like wait what so i don't know we always talk about how we want to do things or how we encourage people to do things their way. But I think one thing that we have grown to agree on is that money that is contributed outside of our household to another individual needs to be and should be a conversation. And it's not so much permission, right? But just like, hey, I want to help out such and such. You good, you know, for the, yeah. you know, for whatever time period or whatever. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think that that's huge. But then I also like the I, so when you brought up in us trying to plan for this episode, the one generation point, I didn't even think about you making a point of us being a generation that kind of gets it together so that Naomi can just focus on her stuff. Yeah, I didn't think I didn't put those two things together. I didn't even <clears throat> add her to the equation. Yeah, I don't that's it's scary to me. Um, in a sense, because nobody, nobody wants to be like, oh, okay, well, I don't have it. Like, yeah. 
and and I, I made this joke like I was talking to my dad about it. And I was like, man, like somebody asked me for money and they upset. I don't have it. Like, man, just as upset as you are. Like, I'm <laughs> upset about it. Like, we both we both upset. Like, um, that's probably why you got such bad luck with homeless people and they keep throwing stuff at you. <laughs> Yo, let me tell y'all. No, 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 no. Let me tell y'all. There this homeless go. man asked Justin for some money. Where was we at? We was in Arkansas in his own hometown. Homeless don't respect them. We pulling out. <laughs> we pulling out a Sonic, and the man was like, "Yeah, you got some money. I can borrow." <laughs> and Justin was like, "Nah, brother. You know I ain't got it." And handed the man his sandwich, his hot sandwich that he had just got. <laughs> This man waited for Justin to turn around and smacked him in the back of his head <laughs> with his hot sandwich. <laughs> it was so I don't want this. Yeah, you know you know. Yeah, I, I was this whole episode. Screaming. Be, <laughs> I was screaming. This episode so, would be happening right so now. Wait, so you don't have bad luck with homeless people. Uh, ain't nobody smacked with no hands. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, we wasn't in Noda. And the man asked for money, and then you tried to give him your food, and I was like, "Don't do it, babe." And he was like, "Nah, I'm good, brother. I'm vegan." Oh, that did happen. <laughs> I, I was so mad, <laughs> mother. He had dietary restrictions on That's, his homelessness. The, all right, let all me, right. All right. Oh, can God, we do that? Do we? No. Do we got money for a filter? Oh, shit. <laughs> we don't I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was sorry, a joke. Sorry. sorry. Jesus know our hearts. Uh, and don't sue us. Who wants to us? Homeless people. Bruh, you're taking it too far. <laughs> Anyways, all right, back to the... So, okay. So, being one generation away, I think the... See, oh, man, so I'm back to the struggle of, like, big picture. Like, I see it. I just need to figure out, like, I don't know. Like, staying present and being a part of the solution. Because I just love shopping. So I think I'm about to, I don't know, that, that's another, I'm having a, a off-brand thought. But, um, okay, so just, so I think our role and our biggest contributor to us being one generation away are our side hustles. Mm. So Airbnb, mm-hmm. um, Muse New War. How long have we been, look, before I go to Muse New War, but how long have we been Airbnb hosts? Since we moved to Charlotte, no. So no, when we uh when we came back from Haiti, right? No, That's I thought it was Paris. Paris somewhere I don't know, but remember we because remember it. we it's so, been at least four years. Four. Yeah, because we've been in the house for three. Yeah. So Justin introduced us to Airbnb, and we were just like, oh, I was like, oh, we about to stay in somebody's house, what? And then he, so we did it in in Dubai. Remember mm-hmm. the nice lady from Michigan. Oh, yeah, 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 the teacher. Stay, yep, stayed in her place. Um, and then we were like, oh, we should be hosts because this was a really good experience. And then we tried to be hosts when we were going to Paris, but we didn't get any reservations until we was halfway to the airport. Oh, yeah. And we was like, man, we're not going back to clean up. Yeah. Yeah. So we first started Airbnb in Charlotte, and we did like a shared room. And we have so many freaking stories of just wild people because we stayed near the airport. So people would come in for all of like two hours just to, to sleep. just to sleep if they had a layover. But it was making 
decent money for us. Yeah. yeah. So we've been doing it for at least four years now. And in our current house, we have a um, a mother-in-law home. So like a little guest house in the, in our backyard that we um, rent out pretty frequently. And it, it pays our mortgage. Yeah. So, I mean... So you make a good point, though. Like I feel like that's what that's our hope to not be that one generation away. Yeah. Uh, to where you're not, you're not like okay, like any extra I have, like here, here's what I need to do with it, like to make sure my family's good. But like mm-hmm. I, I feel like we are blessed to be in that position to where it's just like okay, like here's how we can have an avenue to do what we need to do, but also do what we want to do as well. Yeah. But so, but I think so tangibly is that a word it is okay tangibly our side hustles are freeing up money for us to kind of do what we want to do yeah and right now i don't think that we are um using it to its full force because Mm -hmm. airbnb does pay our mortgage so that's like our biggest thing each month that we have to pay outside of our second mortgage which is also known as child care (laughs) And so, um, so yeah, so I think because we're playing catch up, so we're pouring back into our retirement funds, we're paying off some, you know, different debts or whatever, but in a time and a space where those things are taken care of, like Airbnb is allowing us to free up funds for us to invest in different opportunities. Yeah. And so, um, so, uh, but. so, so bringing it full circle like I, I would say that's a conversation that you don't think to have when you get with someone yeah uh, like you know somebody else has uh you know you know they have their own side of the family but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. and it's not like how do you bring that up you know in the beginning like oh, okay like so we're gonna be together and we're gonna get engaged but just before I pop this question <laughs> what's your credit uh, score yeah like no not <laughs> not just your credit score mm-hmm. like are there any obligations that you might have with your family mm. to where our budget is going to need to go there? Yeah. Uh, but that's a, that is a deeper conversation because for us, we spent so much time not feeling comfortable enough to have those hard conversations with one another. Yeah. So, so my bringing it up is trying to bring awareness to somebody else who might be in that position or yeah. might be in that position in the future. It's like, hey, here's a conversation that you probably want to have right off the bat, mm-hmm. like about about um, with your potential partner, like what do they have going on? Yeah. And then also, you know, down the line, once it gets serious, serious, like, oh, how would this look? Like, is there yeah. within our budget, is there anything outside that we might need to discuss? Yeah, it has to be on the table. I think even before a marriage is, is on the table, like if you're sharing... Like if you're if you guys live together, I think that's a conversation because whether you're married or not, like it's it's household funds. Yeah. So I think like if we were to say for us, at what point because it was a it was a point where one of us was ready but one of us wasn't. And I have to make the point of saying like finances is not one of the top three reasons that people get divorced for no reason. Like, it's a vulnerable space yeah. that people really don't want to speak on. And you and I still kind of struggle with it. Like, but in the very beginning, there will be times, of course, with like my sketchy work stuff, like where I will wait to the very last minute before <laughs> saying like, 
oh, I don't have the money to do this. And you would be so mad. But I would feel so bad, like, that I didn't have it, that I just didn't want to verbally. It made me feel so weak. Yeah. No, I, I can see where you're coming from. I mean, that's a vulnerable thing, like you mentioned, to, to talk about. But also think about your partner as well. So, yeah. like, if I'm if I'm setting up the budget for the month, where I know, like, okay, here's what we need to pay, boom, 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 uh, and then I got this left over, or we need to move this over to make sure this is covered, and then like at the last minute, like, here's yeah. this haymaker, like, yeah. oh, by the way, <laughs> I ain't got it. <laughs> it's like, oh, all right, like, right. yeah, and then tension is building, but then I think it's also important to recognize like the different habits that each person in the relationship has, and for us to, and for people to be able to speak openly about like how I feel about your habits, how you feel about mine, yeah. like you had you obviously are the person. So I hide shopping bags. I hide them in my trunk and then I slowly slip around and integrate the clothes into my closet. And for the bulk of our, and for the front half of our relationship, I was getting away with it. Like, <laughs> this whole thing <laughs> looks good. This thing still fit. Had it since the sixth grade. <laughs> and Justin would just go along with it. Like, oh, baby, yeah, that look good. Now, not so much. I can't really do that. But... I think that you ad- adopted that habit because you keep sneaking shoes in here. And I say this strategically and very petty because I don't want y'all to think I'm the only person with a problem over here. <laughs> Justin has a problem too. Nah, so I don't know. I, I would say that definitely a conversation to have up front. But I, but it's, it's oh, really. Oh, you gonna ignore the sneaky sneak? The sneaky sneak. Man, you saw how I glossed over there. You supposed you supposed <laughs> to let it sneak by. That's what you supposed to do. No. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously though. So, um, because we don't even like, especially in, and I'll I'll throw this out there, especially black people, man. We don't talk about finances mm. in our in our culture. It's taboo. Ooh. So to get in a relationship and talk about it is it's this whole other thing like people talk about it on social media all the time like this is what i do or when this is what i would bad. do well no no not even that like this is oh well like all these different stereotypes like this is this is how we do this and this is how we do that mm-hmm. or if i was in a relationship this is what i would do but nobody really has those deep dive conversations on like what do you think about this or what do you think about that? Because we don't even have it in our everyday lives with one another. So having it with in an intimate setting and being open to being vulnerable because the other person might judge you for yeah. what you have done or what you're doing right now and how you're managing your finances. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's tough. Like people yeah. would probably be you know more open about other things as opposed to the finances. I'm not going to say I don't see color, but I think vulnerability is big amongst everybody. But I do see your point in saying like, you know, black people and just conversations around money, period, they well, are very taboo. Well, I think and we're going to go down a rabbit hole a little bit here. I single out us because we weren't <clears throat> historically we weren't taught finances. Mhm. And along with that, we didn't have finances to be <laughs> to, right. to, to say like to here's to here's well. what you need to do. So in, in other cultures, like it's been well documented that you know it is taught, mm-hmm. like it, it is part of it is part of the household. Like this is what you do. Here are different strategies. Here's how to make a budget. Here's how to invest and do these other things. Whereas with us, here's is here's how to survive. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
we might have to have a part two of this episode because we are really trying hard to keep it under our um and i don't think it's gonna happen because we got three <laughs> questions ahead of us for our segment let me first of all y'all all the listeners y'all trash okay trash we i asked y'all to come up with a name a title for our question and answer segment and i got one response and y'all want to know what it was i ain't gonna put them out there there. i ain't gonna put them out there but one of justin's line brothers (laughs) gonna say oh the question and answer section should be called Pass the group. What? What do you say? Pass the gray poop on. What? <laughs> That's all That's we like, got. We got to roll with it though. No, no, no. We don't. <laughs> no, we don't. I, I tried to stick up for you. Though. No, no. We love him though. Um, but no. So we have affectionately titled and kept the whole theme of uh, marriage and a wedding and vows, and we are calling this segment "Dearly Beloved." Dearly beloved, we're gathered here today to answer your questions. Y'all like that? Babe, what you think? You sound like a for real radio host with that. Hey. All right. So the first question that we have is, what is your financial structure? What do we have? Pretty straightforward. I mean, two full-time jobs, uh, income property, and just side hustles from there. Yeah, nothing too extravagant. Nothing too extra- not yet. We do have a couple stocks. We got we play around. Nope, I'm not going there. Oh, uh, I got a couple stocks. You're not going there, so we need, uh, to, we need to re-record it. I mean, we can leave it at that. So just stick a pen. Uh, you will never hear financial advice on this podcast because I like my job and I don't want to get fired. All right, keep it moving. All right. Question number two, how do we balance finances with side businesses? Yes. How do we balance finances with side businesses? Uh, Justin Ross. Well, first, I mean, just setting that, that monthly budget, uh, that, that was huge. Just knowing what money needs to go where, because um, it's really easy to just spend Yes, it is. Yes, Lord. (laughs) And not know where it's going. So setting that budget uh, at the beginning of the month, like here's what needs to go where and when is huge. So knowing, all right, once we get to this point, anything else after this is extra. Yeah. uh, Makes a huge difference. And then just having those goals, like here are things that we want to pay off. Here are things that we want to accomplish or save for. um, And then being able to split up the rest from there. Both both parties have to know what is currently the goal of being paid off. Yeah. And I think we need checkpoints. Yeah. And I also think that create that first the first time that you sit down with your partner to do a budget, it's like getting paid 
spending money like you get paid on friday you go shopping saturday sunday you surfing the internet online shopping monday you buying lunch you buying um acai bowls <laughs> and then uh by wednesday or thursday you scared to check your account yeah that's how making the budget with your partner feels in the very beginning but when you look at it when you look back over it it's like Oh, we really shouldn't be late on anything because we got the money. We just, you know, not actively allocating. And I hate. Um, well, I can't. I probably can't say that because mm-hmm. you gonna end up trying to give advice, and you can't do that. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it and it is. It took a while to get there, though. Like, yeah. Just to figure out, like one, like the different spending habits and yeah. the different priorities for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going from there, it's like, okay, well, here's our collective plan and here's how we're going to move forward. Yeah. And then I think, so for our side hustles outside of the income property, they're so young right now that the majority of those funds go back into trying to build that business yeah. and whatever is left over, um, is really just, you know, it just kind of all meshes into one one pot for real for real i mean we've been together long enough and seen one another kind of succeed and fuck it up so many times (laughs) that as long as like even if we're not looking at the budget every single day to be like okay this is we got to do this we got to do this we have to do this we at least have a conversation with each other if we've been real we at least have a conversation with each other to say like what do you have going on this month like this month I think was really busy for the both of us. Yeah, this month was ridiculous. It really was. Um so but just between like our personal obligations, like just little one off things that normally wouldn't take place during the month, like just making sure that we could cover those uh expenses. Within and so the budget, yeah. Yeah, and, and kinda stay within the budget and not be trying to, I don't know, figure it out at the end of the day. The third question, do stereotypical gender roles play a part in paying bills? This is a hot topic for social media. Yeah, that's what I was alluding to earlier. What do you mean? I was talking about just like people on social media will talk about like, oh, this is how it should be in a relationship or whatever the case is. I'm interested to know like what, after listening to this episode and before we answer this question, what people think our our structure is, like gender role-wise. Yeah. I never thought about it. I've only thought about it just because it's always on social media where it's like, if the girl got a thousand dollars and the guy got like a thousand dollars and the rent is X, Y, and Z, like how much do she have left over? And the joint be like, it be females underneath the comment, like she got a thousand dollars left. He paid all of that. That's what he's supposed to be doing. No. Yeah. And, and I'm all for people doing what they want to do, but one plus one can't equal 10 around this one. I'll say, so regardless of, regardless of where, like, I was in a job, where Justin was in a job, like, where we were financially, I don't, I don't even know how we came up with the, just that we would always split the bills in half. 
No idea. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's not something that we grew up on. Is that something you grew up on? You about to split the bill? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so this is not something that we grew up on. I think we just said it and then we just kind of ran with it. So regardless of like how much one of us was making versus the other, we always went at our bills as like we going to go Dutch on this thing. Yeah. Like we always decided that we would split the bills. And so I guess we're defying the stereotypical gender roles. Yeah, because, cause, I mean, I, I think the things that I see most often are, like, the, the man is supposed to uh, pay all the bills, and then, which which always confuses me, because I'm like, well, where's the, the woman's money going? Like, yeah. does that go, like, towards, like, strictly savings, and, like, any other goals that you have? Yeah. Because uh, that would make sense. I mean, if you're, if she's doing the IRA, the outside IRAs and Babe, the emergency advice. savings. Babe, you giving advice. Hypothetically. Right. Um, so, Justin cannot give advice on this podcast because he is a licensed financial advisor. So. Something like that, yeah. Do whatever the fuck y'all going to do with y'all shit. Because he yeah. can't tell you what to do on this podcast. Um, so no, okay. So my grandfather paid all the bills mm-hmm. in their marriage and my grandmother is no longer with us. So that's why I'm speaking about her in the past tense. Um, and he said that her money was just for her to play with and she was responsible for like, you know, keeping them clean. Like if he needed a new shirt, like yeah. she, you know, she would, it was she never wanted him to buy like his own stuff because mm-hmm. he was already paying for the whole household, and I, I mean, I think that's cool for them because it obviously worked. They were married sixty-seven years, I think. So here's, so I thought oh, about 47? this today. I don't remember. I thought about this today. So I, I hear their rationale from older people, mm-hmm. and it made sense because. Uh, let me know what you think. Okay. It makes sense because in those times, obviously men, well, maybe not obviously, but men were the breadwinners. And a lot of times, like, women made the expectation was that they to were going to be the, the homemakers. Mm-hmm. And they weren't necessarily, can I say, allowed to work? Yeah. So no, it would make sense, sense. To, for the man to make. And even when, like, like, right after that, like, when it started phasing out, like, mm-hmm. women... We're going into the workforce, but the wage gap was so big, mm. it didn't make sense for you them to, try to split the bills. Throw your little coins to the bills. But now, if we want to talk this equality talk, yeah. But not like not even. No, that's that's real. I I thought of you, baby. We having some good insight. But not, so I think now. So it's kind of like the the story I told you before with like the pot. With, with the pot. Oh, yeah. I, I was waiting for the You're perfect like, opportunity for. But wait, but let's but let's unpack this real fast because okay. you said something. So this is coming from because I, I I think it was like maybe a year or two ago, where me and another friend of mine were talking to 
this guy that was at her job and he was getting married and he was like, yeah, right now I pay all the bills. I think I came home and told you this. Like, yeah. babe, guess what? This girl living a life. Um, <laughs> no, I was excited, but I also, we were having a conversation because I was like, I just wouldn't feel whole. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't feel like I was doing my part because, I don't know, in our in our marriage, and I'm of course, I'm not perfect in this, but the point being is to make life easier for one another. Yeah. Right? Because life is hard. But it's worth it. And so in doing that, I just couldn't see myself expecting you to pay all of anything. And it goes back and forth. Like, if you have something going on, like, okay, you got such and such bachelor party or whatever festivities going on, so I might take, you know... I might take on more responsibilities or if I got a mom's trip going on coming up or whatever, like you might take, like it goes back and forth. So Mm -hmm. it's never, we're not saying that every single month of our relationship, our bills have been split down the middle. And if Justin don't have it or if Ashley don't have it, then we're just like shame on you kind of thing. Like we're partners, but the point is like, we like to equally, we want to both feel like we're equally contributing. Yeah, why would I make it harder on you? Right. And so I think that you said a word in saying like, and then when you bring into, you know, fast forward to like the wage gap, that for us is even like non-traditional. Because every time that you've been in your field, and I think that this this would be a, a dope place for us to start for our um for like a career episode right like mm-hmm. how we support one another in, in each other's careers but like you've never gone after a job for the money yeah you've always gone after a job for the purpose where it is on like your path to life mm-hmm. how it connects you to the things that you want to do and i've done the same too but behind in my back of my mind i'm like but am I going to be making money? Yeah. Right? And I wonder how, I don't know, I wonder how that unpacks for, like, my mindset of thinking, like, the wage gap that we have now. Like, just within society and just kind of, I don't know. Elaborate. So, we're talking about, like, us having a household where we both want to contribute equally, mm-hmm. right? But then we've spent all this time in history where men were the breadwinners because women weren't allowed to do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Now that we are both, quote unquote, allowed to do some of the same jobs, do you now think that we'll see a shift in like household dynamics? Mm. Uh, That's a good question. That's a good question. Because we're actively, as women, fighting for the right to have equal pay. Do you do you think that that will push women into different household roles? I don't think it should. That doesn't. I don't think one has to be like the other mm-hmm. uh, in that situation. I think you do what works best for you. Um, I feel like, like right off the top of my head, like if this happens with for anyone, like I will. I feel sorry for you. I'll be honest and say that. But if if you're in a household where, let's say, you know, if the 
the wife or or the woman is making more money and she's she's making making it a point to make you uncomfortable or mm-hmm. to say like oh I'm making more money than you so I have more say so mm-hmm. or or you need to do this or that and you have no say so whatsoever and and is intentionally trying to diminish who you are yeah and and it got, and not just the woman even the man like the man is doing that and saying like, like oh I have more say so I think traditionally it's been a thing like for men to mm-hmm. do that, which sucks. Um, but I, I feel like there might be a shift there where you might see that come up more often than not. It's like I appreciate that that's something that we've never like struggled with. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be if anybody has stories like that, I I would be interested to hear it. No, I'm thinking about that. like the stay at home mom. Who doesn't work, let's say she wants to go back to work or whatever the case may be. And then I don't know, like, cause, cause the roles always reverse. Like, and I just remember like me being a substitute and not really wanting to do it, but having to do it. And you would be like, no, just stay motivated, whatever, whatever. And I was like, no, you don't know how this feels. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to be back in my field. Like if the tables were turned, you would be able to understand where I'm coming from. And so I feel like there's always that moment where the tables turn yeah. and financially things shift. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about those instances of how that changes the dynamic of your relationship. We're we're going down. We're going to have to have like a career. Yeah, we're we're yeah, just going to I, have to. I'd be I want to hear some stories on that. But uh, but uh, but point being, I, I think gender roles are. We don't have one of those where it's like, I don't know, one person pays all the bills and then the other person gets to play with the money. That doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't happen. We don't do that. We we equally contribute as part as partners. We make sure um, our bills and our household is taken care of. Um, And then we also make sure like that. Each of us have funds to play with. Yeah, to enjoy life with. Because the same, yeah. at the end of the day, like, yeah, you want to pay bills, but also, like, you don't want to work mm-hmm. just to be broke again. Like, that, yeah. that sucks. I think my favorite thing is, like, when I overspend for the month and then I get in the car and you put gas in the car <laughs> and I just feel so loved. You know uh, what man. I mean? <sighs> but wait, we have to take it back to the traditional of it. So in turning this conversation back around, because I want Justin to tell this story about the pot. In turning the conversation back around to traditional, we can close out the question of do stereotypical gender roles play a part in our household and paying bills? The answer is absolutely not. I would say the most stereotypical gender role thing that we have going on in our household is... I do not touch doors and I do not touch trash. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's about it. But traditionally, what were you about to say? Oh, yeah. So traditionally, you know, I guess like you mentioned, like with your granddad, it's always been like he he paid all the bills and then like the the wife kept the money. And I feel like times have changed and we haven't analyzed that again and went back to look at, okay, does this make sense anymore? So the story that I was going to use is, uh, you know, I heard this a while back where it's like this this little girl was in the kitchen with her mom mm-hmm. and they were making a roast and she would always, every time they made the roast, she would cut the ends off and the little girl like asked her mom, like, why, why do you always cut the ends off the roast? Mm-hmm. And 
I said, well, I do it because my mom always did it. And so it kept happening. The, the mom went and asked her grandmother, like, yeah, well, why do you always, why did you always cut the ends off the roast? And she was like, well, I did it because the roast wouldn't fit in the pot that we had. And mm. and to me, that, mm. that brought it full circle. It's like, man, we, we do stuff a lot of times, not willing, if I can get preachy for a moment, not, not realizing that our pot has gotten bigger and we've been blessed with a bigger pot. Babe. So we don't have to cut the ends off our blessings anymore. He's smart, y'all. I should be smiling at him. <laughs> say it again, babe. I'm not saying all that again. No, just say, <laughs> our pot has gotten bigger. No, so, yeah, so our, our pot has gotten bigger. And we've been cutting off the, the blessings that we've been given, <sighs> not realizing that we've been already blessed with more and more abundance. I feel like that's the, that's the takeaway for this episode. Yeah, don't cut the ends off your, your roast. Yeah. And, and, and the takeaway for us as a demographic, as young millennial African-Americans... That's huge. Like that takeaway is huge for us because that also speaks to us not having traditional wealth conversations. Yeah, these cookie cookie cutter ideas on yeah. how it should be. But we figured it out. We're so resilient. Yeah. Oh man. Stuff. Um, so we got We got okay. stuff, guys. So to wrap this all up, let's this episode is done, but I, I want to go back to our last episode. What was your biggest surprise from the, the last episode? I I feel like that should be my question to you. Really? Okay. Because I know deep down inside people fuck with me. <laughs> so I was expecting people to I listen. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I'm just. No, for real. I'm, I'm saying that. I knew that people would show up for us for two yeah. different reasons. One, I think people look at us and go like, they really have it going, you know, like they have their stuff together and we really don't, right? Yeah. And so I knew that there would be a demographic of people who would listen because they see the way that we move and it's, in a, it's always in a positive light. And then I knew from the flip side that like my followers, how many followers I have, never really matches the amount of likes that I have. <laughs> and I did not buy those people. So I know that there are like a group of people who are like secretly following me and not liking stuff for whatever reason. And so I thought out of those two groups, like we were going to get a couple listens. I thought we would get like 50, right? That's why I set 50 as the goal. Yeah. And we're at 252. But I think a lot of... Out of that 252, I want to say 50% of them is probably your exes or girls that you, like, popped or whatever. I ain't never had <laughs> that get up to. I've had. About 125 of them are girls <laughs> who sat on that couch. Uh, oh, you quiet? I'm trying to come with a comeback. You don't got one. I am. Shout out to the girls on the couch. We really appreciate y'all putting a couple coins in our account and listening to the podcast. Anyways, no. Okay, Okay, I'm sorry. My my, the biggest surprise for me was the different how different people's takeaways were. So one person was like laughing about. 
I don't know. Like people, people were writing to us like DMs, text messages on, on their stories, and I thought it was it was pretty, pretty awesome to see the range of things that people were pointing out. Because some people were really serious, and it was like stuff that I had forgot that we said. And we were talking about like, man, I kept my representative on for you for so long. When somebody pointed that out, I was like, man, that's a real thing. We don't really think about everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. Now I I would say. I would piggyback off you, like, just just us setting a goal and being like, okay, this is our goal for listeners. Like, let's try to get here. And then, like, having five times the people, like, listen, mm-hmm. for me, that's that's super humbling. Uh, just for me, because I'm, I'm, I'm not concerned with, <laughs> you know, like, the, the followers and all that. It's like, man, I just... You being shady? Well, no, I, it came out that way, but that's not how I meant Uh-oh. it. But, um... But I don't know, just like the support in general, like just just trying something new and going out on the limb and not knowing how people will receive it. Yeah. And having people take time, like literally that's the one thing you can't get back is your time. So having people take the time out to be like, yeah. you know, no, we're going to check real. this out, like doesn't go unnoticed. And it is definitely not appreciated. So anytime like I commented back, like, no, we really appreciate you. Like, no, we do. <laughs> no, we understand like you, you have a life, like there's mm-hmm. something else that you could be doing. If it was anybody who we didn't repost, I promise you we didn't see it because we were trying to do it like right at the moment. Like it was some stuff that Justin saw where my name was tagged on there, his name, and I couldn't see it, but then and vice versa. So we were trying to repost every single person who who tagged us. Yeah. Oh, and then the the other biggest surprise to me was like seeing the feedback was like people I didn't know you talk. <laughs> no, somebody told me that they was like, "Sis, I know your husband talk." I'm like, yeah, nah, I just don't talk to you. What? <laughs> he ain't say that. See what I'm talking about? Nah, nah, seriously. So it was, it it was cool, man, and it and it's it's cool. Like we appreciate. And just people supporting, like retweeting, tagging us, so on and so forth. Like, please keep the questions coming. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Marriage Caviar. Uh, share with your friends, your family. If you have suggestions on topics or questions that you want to ask, like it's all anonymous. Like any questions that we have, like we have a list of them, um, and, and we won't share who you are. Our, our biggest goal is just building this community to where people feel comfortable yeah being vulnerable and then it also gives us a space to be vulnerable and everything be okay because we really want to go beyond our highlight reel like we understand that people see us and see you know you only get what we give you on social media platforms and I think that that stands true for a lot of people in our um in our demographic in our age group as millennials and so um just peel back the layers like everybody don't have it all together this this shit is real filter ish but on the podcast you get to to get all of us and and we appreciate that and the time it feels like the last time we shot an episode was like a month ago like even we got into a whole half of a like the start of an argument because I was like, come on, I don't want to be shooting this episode at the last minute. Justin was like, we just shot it three days ago. It was it's only been three days, and I was like, really? But so nevertheless, keep the support coming. We appreciate it. Marriage caviar on Instagram, uh, and then also to bridge the gap between the the two weeks. 
uh, what you'll see in the next week after this episode drops, we're going to do marriage caviar shorts. So it'll be short segments that we'll do on the off weeks uh, about I don't know, various topics or some uh, whatever question that we get in the inbox. If we can't fit into an episode, we'll just bring it up and kind of discuss a little bit and just have some dialogue with you guys to interact a little bit. So uh, shoot those over to us, DM, um, tag us, whatever the case is. We look forward to it. Yeah. Until next time, this has been Marriage Caviar.